we're going to start a, a series on prayer and miracles called When You Pray. And uh, I believe we're entering into a miracle season for our church. Amen. We're six months old and we just acquired a facility. Uh, God is good. That's a miracle in itself. It's a miracle that you're here. It's a miracle that we have two services that are like this that are just packed out. Thursday night, we had a team night for all, all of our volunteers. We had over 200 people uh, who are actively serving on some capacity in our church on a Thursday night who just showed up to have church. I mean, this is a miracle. Uh, every week, we average over 15 people giving their life to Jesus. That's, if you do the count, that's well over 600 people in six months that have gotten saved in our church. Uh, two weeks ago, we baptized 16 people. God is doing a miracle in our church, but I believe it's time for it to hit your house. <laughs> for anybody who has faith, I said, I believe it's time for this miracle that God is doing here. I believe it's time to hit your house. By the way, some of you were in service a few weeks ago. We prayed uh, for TJ's wife. He was our drummer. We prayed for his wife, and we believe God, and they just got the report. Uh, Friday, no cancer in her body. Amen. And I'm believing for more. I'm believing, I'm believing August is going to be a month of miracles. And I've, I haven't really talked this way. Honestly, you know me if you've been coming for the last six months. I've, I've been very practical and I wear my little headset and I just try to pastor you. Uh, but I needed a preaching mic today. All right. Cause I feel like I got to preach today. All right. Amen. And I got to do this quick. Second Kings chapter four. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And Elisha said, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have in your house? Look what she says. Nothing at all. Well, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elijah said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house and into your, uh, go into your house with your sons and shut the door. Everyone say, shut the door. Shut the door and pour the olive oil from the flask into the jar, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. And her son kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said. There aren't any more. I want you to know that, that there is no lack in God. The lack is on our... There's over 2 million people that need Jesus in our city. There, there is no lack of need. There is no lack of what God can do with this baby little church meeting in a middle school. I, I, be, I believe there is so much more for God to do in your life. There is no lack in God, but the jars ran out. And so the olive oil stopped flowing. Notice that when there's nothing else to pour into, the oil will stop. And so then he said, go sell this olive oil, pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on what is left over. You can live on what is left over. I want to talk today from the subject, make room for a miracle. 
make room for a miracle. Can you look at your neighbor? Hopefully it's someone you don't know to be more uncomfortable and tell them, I need some room. I need some room. I need some room. Come on. I need some room. Make room for a miracle. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that uh, you're a miracle working God. And I thank you that we are entering a miracle month. That is where my faith is at. That's what I'm believing you for. And Lord, I believe you've put that into my heart. And I believe we're going to see the greatest days for this church and for every person in this church in the next 30 days. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. The great Catherine Kuhlman said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. I believe in miracles because I believe in God. I, I want to tell you, man, I'm getting emotional already. It's the heat. <clears throat> I want you to know you cannot separate God from the miraculous. Recently, someone tweeted, and he's a cessationist. That means he believes that everything that happened in the Bible has ceased, and now all we have is the Bible and nothing else. And this man tweeted, he said, I have Jesus and I have his love, and that's all I need. And I wrote back very respectfully, and I said, but I think, I, I, I agree with you, that's all you need, but I thank God that he's a God of excess. <laughs> he's a God of more than enough. He's a God that doesn't just give you what you need. He, he, he's a God of overflow. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of prosperity. So really, all you need is Jesus, and all you need is his love, yes, but then he gave you the Holy Spirit, and he gave you his promise and he gave you his word and he gave you angelic protection he's given you he said I've given gifts to men I believe in miracles because I believe in God and I want to tell you that I believe our church is entering into a miracle season I'm prophesying open doors undeniable favor quick answers to prayer open heavens angelic activity instantaneous healing freedom from addiction freedom from addiction. I'm talking about 20 years that you've been hooked on nicotine. I'm talking about 10 years that you've been hooked on pornography. I'm talking about 30 years of alcoholism. I'm talking about generations and generations of abuse. I'm telling you, I believe that God wants to set people free from addiction. New beginnings, right people, right places, right time. I believe in miracles because I believe in God and because I believe in God, I do believe in miracles. This woman needed a miracle. She needed the divine intervention of God. And so she goes to the prophet. The prophet in the Old Testament represented God. Today, I don't represent the prophet. The Bible says this, that once God spoke through prophets, but now he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we now have direct access to God through Jesus. I am not your access point. I am not your priest, your father, or your pope. You have direct access through the person of Jesus Christ. This woman had to go to a prophet, but you have the true prophet. You have the great prophet. You have one greater than any prophet. He's the author of the prophetic. His name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? And so, so she goes to Elisha, but we're going to Jesus. And you have just as much access to him as I do. There's nothing more powerful about my prayer. There's nothing more special about me than you. If you want to call me pastor, go ahead. I don't need a title. I, I love the title of Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He's a miracle. I told you I was going to preach today. Y'all are scared of me because you're used to the headset. And I'm, and I'm just 
too excited and I'm just going to preach how I want to. And so she goes to the prophet. She says, I need a miracle. And I want to give you three things, three maybe even ingredients to a miracle, three things that we see in the text. The first thing is this. What do you have? Well, no, no, no. I have a, I, I, I need something. No, no, no. But what do you have? But I'm lacking. No, but what do you have? <laughs> Why would Elisha ask such an insensitive question? Prophet, I need a miracle. What's in your house? Why would he ask this? See, before God could break poverty in her house, he had to break poverty in her heart. Before God could do a miracle for her house, he had to do a miracle in her. Before God does something for you, he has to do something in you. Before he'll ever do anything through you, he has to do a work on the inside of you. He, he, he says, where is your perspective? Where is your faith? Where, where are you at? Are you in a lack mentality or you are, are you in a miracle mentality? He said, where are you? Now, now I want to give you this. Look at this. Um, because God wants to do something for you, he will only do it with you. Think about this. God wants to do for you, but he will only do with you. So God wants to do something for you today, but he's going to do it with you. He's going to do it in divine participation. He's going to do it in a covenant. He's going to do it in relationship. God wants to do great things for you, friend, but he wants to do great things with you. He wants you to participate in the miracle. And God wants you to see what is possible, not what is lacking. Oh, it is, so e it is so obvious to see what is lacking. It is hard to see through the eyes of faith and see what is possible. And Elisha says, what is in your house? What kind of possibility do you have? What can, you got to give God something to work with. You gotta, you gotta get involved with the miracle. You gotta get involved with the process. See, we started believing God for a miracle the moment we sat on these chairs. Because they hurt our butt. And I said, Lord, we need, we need a building. So you know what I did? I didn't just pray. We also called real estate agents. I didn't just pray. I started calling around. We started believing God. We started, we started leaning in. We started doing our due diligence. We started raising money before we had anywhere to go. Because I believe that God saw that, and he's not honoring me. I believe he's honoring us. Well, all we got is a cafeteria and real estate so expensive. No, 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 no. What do you have? You got to look for the possibility moment, but I, I love it. She goes, nothing. Nothing. Just totally defeated. And, and here's how I read it. It's like she goes, nothing. She couldn't see the possibility. She, she couldn't see anything good. She couldn't see the miracle in the making. And you could almost imagine Elijah looking back going, nothing? Yeah, nothing, prophet. Nothing, 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 nothing. Am I missing something? I want you to catch this because if I asked you today, what would you say? What's in your house? I want, I want to tell you, I, I'm, I'm hearing the great words of, of the great Tommy Barnett. The miracle is in the house. 
I just want to tell you, I believe there's a miracle in your house. I believe there's a miracle already working on the inside of you. And, and, and you might say, I've got nothing. No, I believe you've got something in the house. I believe you've got something in your life. I believe, I believe there's a deposit of God's grace on the inside of you. You don't have nothing. I believe you have something. And he says, nothing? You don't have anything? You don't, you don't have something? You don't, I mean, there's just nothing? And she goes, no, Elisha, nothing. Well, I mean, I guess uh, I, I, got, I, got, I got a little bit of olive oil left over from Costco. That's a little. I don't have any bread. I don't have any fish. I don't have any meat. I don't have any salt. I don't have any pepper. I don't have any vegetables. But I got some, I got some oil. I got a oil. I got a little bit of friend. You you got oil. <laughs> the Bible says the moment you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit filled your soul. And he's living on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the oil represents the Holy Spirit. That wherever the Spirit of God is moving, they would anoint with oil. He said it like this, I will break the yoke of bondage over you. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. Because of the anointing oil that is upon you. Listen to me. Here's, here's the New Testament parallel to this scripture. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the creativity of God on the inside of you. You got something. She goes, well, I have nothing. Well, I guess I have, I guess I have oil. And isn't that kind of like us sometimes when we, we go, I don't have anything. Well, I guess I got God. I said this a few weeks ago. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Why do we go to God last? Why don't we go to him first? She goes, well, I got, I got a little bit of oil. You have to recognize something in your life that God can work with. What's in your house? Number two, give God your not enough. It wasn't enough. And maybe what you have right now isn't enough. It might not be enough to take care of your need. It might not be enough to really give you the faith that you, that you want. It might not be enough to, to have the life you really want to live. You, you may not have enough. That's okay. Give God your not enough. See, she was so focused on what she lost that she couldn't see what she still had left. So my pastor, Pastor Jensen Franklin, says it like this. What you lost was painful, but what you have left is powerful. Oh, I feel like somebody needs to say amen right there. I'm just telling you. I, I, man, I hope that hits your spirit. I know you've lost some things, and I know you might have been in a fight, and I know you might feel like you're in a season of deficit, a season of lack, a season where the devil has taken away, a season where you just feel like you've been losing. You feel like you're in the red in life, and what you lost, it is painful. But friend, I've come to tell somebody, but what you have left is powerful. If you'll give, you're not a enough into the hands of God. It was not enough to feed her family. It was not enough to pay the creditor. It was not enough to provide. It was not enough to bless the next generation. But it was enough to start the process. But it was enough to start pouring. 
We didn't have enough when we planted this church six months ago. We had no idea what we were doing. Still don't, FYI. But we're trying to figure it out. Thanks. I need it. Whoever said I love you, Pedro. I love you. Okay, I needed that. We, we, didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have enough. So we called Omar and Amanda, Jay and Nadia and Kyle, and we rented a house in Phoenix, and we sat down, and I cried, per usual. <laughs> and I read out of Joshua chapter 3, where the Bible says, you're going somewhere you've never been before. And I said, I think we're about to go somewhere none of us have ever been before. Are you in for it? I have no money. I have no opportunity. I don't, I'll never pay you. I'll never be able to take care of you. I'll never be able to help you. But do you want to go try to reach a city? We've never done this before. Neither have you. What do you th it wasn't enough. So all seven of us, or eight of us gave, and well, plus Zion Goldie, amen. We all that night gave Jesus are not enough. And one year ago, what was not enough is beginning to turn in to abundance. Why? Because we didn't wait till we had it all before we said yes. We said, Jesus, if you'll take our not enough, we know you can do something with it. It was enough to start. It was enough to pour. It was enough, it was enough to begin. And if you will pour it out, God will make sure you don't run out. It reminds me of the boy, he's got five loaves and two fish and 15,000 people to feed. Jesus says, what are we going to do about it? And his disciples say, we ain't got nothing. Look at this, Matthew chapter 14, verse 17. But we have only five loaves, some fish. But, lack of faith. <laughs> but, I don't really think you can do this, Jesus. But, I, it's not enough. Jesus said, give me your not enough. Give me your lack. Give me your unbelief. Give me that fear. Give me that depression. Give me that wrestling. Give me those sleepless nights. Give me your not enough. Listen, your not enough becomes more than enough in the hands of Jesus. You know, that's why we tithe, by the way. It's not enough. It's not enough to take care of your, that 10% isn't going to take care of your family anyway. So what do we do? We give God our not enough, and then we believe him that he will turn that not enough into more than enough. By the way, this church has not been bankrolled by a fat cat with a lot of money. This church has a whole bunch of regular people like you and me who all just give faithfully. There, there isn't one big mega giver that's keeping this thing afloat. It's everybody, a lot of people in this room, not everybody, but if you want to join the everybody, you can today at the end of service. It's a whole bunch of, it's a whole bunch of regular people that just give their not enough. And somehow Jesus is making it more than enough. You just got to keep pouring. God will keep providing. You just got to keep making room for a miracle. That's what, see, when you, when you take time every day to pray, when you take that five minutes or that 30 minutes or that one hour, whatever you can do, when you take that, it's not enough. How many know, no matter how long you pray, the devil's going to tell you you could have prayed longer. Come on, somebody. 
If you read one verse, the devil's going to say, you should have read the whole Bible today. I'm just telling you. And then if you read the whole thing, you'd be like, you should have read it in Hebrew. I'm just saying. I just, <laughs> he's always going to condemn you. You're never going to read enough. You're never going to pray enough. You're never going to love enough. You're never going to serve enough. We could never be good enough. So we just give Jesus our not enough. And somehow he takes our weak prayers and he takes our pitiful Bible reading plans and he takes our service and he takes our love walk and he takes our little steps of faith and he turns our not enough into more than enough because our God is a God of more than enough. Can I get an amen, everybody? I'm almost done, I promise. I just want to tell you today, this is who our God is is he's a God of more than enough, but we got to keep the vessels flowing. I want to talk to people today. There's a, there's a information card on your seat. Can I have it real quick? I'm going to get a little bit practical real quick. Why don't, why don't you give God some time and start serving and watch what he'll do with your not enough? Well, I can greet two times a month. Perfect. Well, I can, I, can, I can serve in the parking lot. We're going we're gonna to actually need a parking lot team at this new place because of how the parking is. And we're going we're gonna to have to keep traffic flowing and stuff. I need a parking lot team. And if you can do one Sunday a month, well, that's not enough. It's, it's more than enough. Trust me, whatever you can do. However you can, however you can get involved. If you go, Jay, but I can't give $1,000 towards the building. Then don't. But can you, can you buy one chair for 40 do, do, your, do your not enough. And if all of us will do our not enough, Jesus will take it and he'll make it more than enough. And we'll scratch our heads the way the disciples scratched their head looking at all that food left over going, how did this happen? Because he's the God of more than enough. He's the God of excess. He's the God of too much. I just want the Lord to provide for my needs. That's not how God is. And it's not how you would be if you could be that way with your children. Yeah. One pair of shoes at a time, buddy. <laughs> no. You want to bless them. You want excess for your kids. If you could do it, you would give them as much as, as you could. Why? Because that's in you from God. It got her more than enough. She did the right thing. She ran to the right source for her miracle. And I'm telling you today, I'm believing that God's going to do the same thing for you. Uh, number three, and I want the whole worship team to come up if they're done with their smoke break, if they can come up. <laughs> that is such a joke. I want to make sure everybody knows. How are you guys doing? That was awkward. Okay. <laughs> no one could go that way? Okay. Uh, we didn't plan this. We're real professional around here. <laughs> uh, see. Poor Fobar. Um, she gave the prophet her not enough. And lastly, God's about to teach you how to steward the excess. Some of y'all, you can't even believe. I remember listening to Dave Ramsey and he goes, save a, uh, get out of debt and then have a thousand dollar fund. And I went, Dave. 
you know, I'm talking to him on TV. I'm going, Dave, Dave, yeah. <laughs> you idiot. No, because we went paycheck to paycheck forever. How do you not, how do you not over, how do you not have an overdraft fee? What are you talking about? <laughs> you budget in an overdraft fee. It's going to be an extra $50 this week month, but it's, we didn't. And then he said, and then eventually get to a six-month cost-of-living savings account? What? I learned how to, I gave my way into this thing. I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that, and I don't need you to clap. I just want you to know you are sitting. Um, I don't take any credit for it, but I'll say this. The life we live, we gave our way into it. We gave our way. I, I gave my way into this thing. We, we gave our way into it. And then, and then when we started giving Jesus our not enough, then he started teaching us how to steward our excess. He said it like this, live on what's left over. <laughs> because our God is not just the God of enough. He's not the God of a little. He's the God of more than enough. But what was God's more than enough for? It was a setup to bless the next generation. It was to save the boys. It was to redeem the family. When God blesses you, it's more about who's in your house than your house. Does God want you to have a, a, a safe house? Of course. Does God want you to live in a neighborhood that's nice? Yes. Does God want you to drive a car that, that is dependable and safe? Of course. Of course. I believe in all that. But it's even more about who's in your house. It's about, it's about having faith that covers the next generation. So my dad was able to take the family so far, the Chavez name so far. And then I'll take the Chavez name so far. And then Goldie and any other children that we have one day, they'll take the name so far. Because it, it's, not, it's not supposed to end with me. The excess wasn't about her. It was about her boys and it was about a setup for what was to come. So our God is the Ephesians 3.20 God. Now to Him. This is your God. I don't know what I'm preaching to you today. This, this isn't my God. This is your God. This is your Savior. This is your Jesus. This is the Jesus you sing to. This is the Jesus that makes the darkness tremble. And I want to sing that song in one moment. This is the Jesus that we clap about and shout about and sing to. Is is Him. Who, who is He? He is able. And He's able to do exceedingly. Abundantly. Above. And He didn't have to be this way with us. He could have said, I'm going to give you just enough. 
I'm going to make sure that you have to clog your way through life. I'm going to make sure that you're always up at night worried about how you're going to pay the bills and how your family's going to make it and your marriage is always going to be in trouble and your kids are always going to be running and there's always going to be issues and there's always going to be fight and there's always going to be sickness in your body and I'm going to do all that to you to make sure you always depend on me. God could have done it that way and because he's God he could do whatever he wants but because our God is a good God and because our God is an amazing God oh and because our God is a loving God he said let me tell you how I'm going to treat you my child my son and my daughter I'm going to be exceedingly to you I'm going to be abundantly to you I'm going to be above all you could ask or think according to the power that works where in you because of what's in your house can I get somebody to stand on their feet and just give God a shout of praise he's more than enough he's more than enough He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. And he's more than enough for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your doctor's report, for your bills, for this church, for this city. That is our God and he 